This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. I'm doing great because I just finished Rahasas of Potomac Reunion. <laughs> Are you stunned? Okay, so I have watched multiple clips online, right? Because you cannot escape from it on the internet. Like, right. it's all over how did you do that? <laughs> I, so I still, I was like, I know, like, some of it's already spoiled for me. And despite some of it being spoiled for me, <laughs> the ending of the episode, I still was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> The last 20 minutes, I was like, oh, my God. And if you watch, and I watched it again twice because of course, because it was so good. It's like the Titanic. It's like when the Titanic came out, everybody went and watched it eight times in the movie theater. You have to. It was so good. And this time around, I just focused on people's faces and expression, all the mm. other ladies. Mm. Man, they all knew that was damning. Even Robin... Mm-hmm. was just blown away and she was shaking her head she was like shaking her head as like oh no this is not good and yes it was first of all just fantastic television we had highs and lows opened on laughter everybody comparing wigs it was a great time and then by the end of it like i think my heart was racing a little bit <laughs> there was so much and like oh shit essentially karen and monique they were tag teaming each other against giselle and, yeah and it started out with Andy going to everyone's rooms and talking to T'Challa, talking to everyone. And then there was a scene of Giselle going into Wendy's room and telling her, oh, this is your first one, first reunion, blah, blah, blah. She says something that was so foreboding. She was like, the name of the game is essentially, I'm paraphrasing here, but you have to come for somebody before they come for you. Yes. And I was like, Giselle, you didn't pay attention to your own words. Uh-huh. You let them you let them come for you. Yeah. And here's the thing, I will say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and on the record I'm gonna say, look, I know that Giselle is messy, mm-hmm. but I fucking love Giselle and despite this like savage binder that Monique brought I still think Giselle did fine because at the end of it and we'll get into it in more detail but at the end of it I still don't leave this thinking that Monique is a good person like I and do I think Giselle is a good person probably not but I think of Giselle as the same as Karen where I think it's like a whole bunch of shady fun yeah and you know I and and I believe that even Karen when she's talking to Giselle about it, Giselle is obviously bothered, but she's like, whatever. She's not giving it that much life. Yeah, I, I agree with you to that extent. I think they're both equally messy. The level to which Monique went on national TV was, uh, it was, it was harsh. <laughs> well, this is the thing. It's like, okay, so when we had Ray, Ray Sani on the podcast, mm-hmm. brought up the difference between somebody like Giselle and somebody like Kenya. Kenya Moore, a great housewife. She's mm-hmm. like a monster. Right. And, but sometimes she's great. Like this season of Atlanta, we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. I love Kenya. I think mm-hmm. she's doing just fine. Mm-hmm. But I also know that Kenya does too much. She brought a goddamn marching band. 
to Marlo's hair thing. She does too much, and then she looks like an idiot. Like, that's what's wrong also, with... Also, look, Ken Kenyon did that with Marlo, okay? So Kenyon knew who to do that with. That's okay, another thing. Let's recap it, and then we'll talk about it. Okay, on the topic of Giselle, a big thing that was discussed was Giselle's fashion. And one of the funniest <laughs> things about it was all of her friends were like, you know, we don't disagree. Yeah. <laughs> They were like, uh, maybe it will help you to get someone to help you with your fashion. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you can tell that every time Karen tries to make take Giselle down or make fun of her and Giselle laughs it off. Karen hates the fact that Giselle is laughing it off because Karen wants Giselle to get mad. But then Karen gets mad that Giselle isn't getting mad. Like, that's right. what I've noticed. Like, even when it comes to like the house stuff, Giselle's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, it's my house and I like it. And yeah. she's like, or not. It's like well Karen nobody asked you <laughs> but it's like okay that's fine yeah. but Karen's bringing like a little a smidge too much she's yeah, doing so a Karen, little too much Karen wants people to laugh at Giselle because Karen feels like she's the butt of the joke all the yes. time Giselle is not Giselle is called shady she's called evil she's called everything but joke right yeah so she, this whole season her idea was to make fun of Giselle and she asked her attorney Matt what should I make fun of Giselle <laughs> And he said, fashion. So that's what she picked up on. And she's been, and she got a lot of backing on social media on that point. And she was like, okay, I'm this gonna works. Yeah. I'm going to write this and I'm going to talk about how funny that is. And I'm going to say how much joy I get during quarantine from laughing at Giselle's. Which is like, sense. okay, we heard the joke the first time, Karen. She had to yeah. repeat it like five times. And I was like, okay, Karen, like you need to and chill out. She still didn't get the laughs and she didn't no. get Andy's laugh and she didn't get Giselle's to get riled up and so she is so frustrated with that it's so funny because i just want to tell everybody okay that karen the woman who held a press conference in a camo jumpsuit right. and a gucci belt yep. cannot be talking about someone else's fashion now do i think karen has changed and she's she's recently started to dress really well mm -hmm. yeah yeah but don't think the, that is behind you, Karen. No, no. she barely did that. So she did a few good dresses. And then there was the fairy tale Cinderella dress that she wore. She's got the Cinderella dress. She's got the shag carpet dress. Yes. Like it's, she's acting like she's Erica Jane. And it's, yeah. no, Karen, this isn't working. But, and if we're going to talk about bad fashion, why hasn't anyone talked about Ashley's bad fashion? Because oh Ashley just dresses really bad. She's got a cute little body, but she puts on the worst things. I don't know why she does that. The reunion dress was horrible. Or while I like the color yellow, I think uh, Wendy was the best dress, had the mm -hmm. best makeup and best hair than everybody else. And Robin looked the worst she sat where she had to turn to the left to talk to andy so her <laughs> terrible hair was always in focus and you yeah. barely saw her face because there was a shadow over her face and then you saw terrible hair another person called it a cvs receipt <laughs> yeah it was amazing and, and you know what because i had seen that meme before mm -hmm. i watched the episode that's all i saw I yeah was like man that is a cvs receipt <laughs> I still stand by the fact that I think Monique is one of the most, I think she's the most beautiful housewife to be on Bravo, Yeah. period. Her clothes are always great because she's got like an amazing body. Yeah, because she has them fit her. Yeah, and she looks great. 
And I will say, even Giselle loved Giselle's dress. Did not like Karen's dress at all. Yeah. And by the way, Karen wore the same wig that she keeps talking about all the Victoria, time. Victoria. Yeah. Victoria. Karen, wear the other wig. Her bra seemed like something like a plastic cup. Did you notice? It was a mess. Do you think Karen wears fake Fendi? Yeah, I absolutely think she does. Because who would go wear a Fendi with the brand name spelled out and then tell your tailor to, yeah, it's okay if you cut off the F. It's so, so ridiculous. Karen had no Fs to give. No. No. <laughs> exactly. the F? You she lost all of her Fs. Yeah, you try and keep the F. So, no, Karen, nobody believes you. And that's the other thing. That's, that's everybody's issue with Karen. Like, even at the end of the season, Ashley was like, Karen is a liar. Yeah. Like, Karen lies all the time. Right. It's so funny because Karen coming for Giselle's house, it's like, yeah, Giselle might have bad fashion, but Karen is dragging her old man from rental to rental. And, like, yes. so, yeah, it, the inside looks nice, but, like, Karen, you don't even live there. Yeah, the old man and the two Halloween robots. That yes, exactly. Because her Halloween, what are they? It was, like, Edna and Edgar yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah. And, and Edgar, she's dragging them from one house to another. Exactly. Karen acts like she's coming in on the offense, mm -hmm. but she's coming in on the defense, and she's trying really hard. Look, great TV. Don't change. Love you. Stay the way you are because yes. I don't want you to change ever again. So I like the Karen Wendy show though because yeah. they, they tried to get Karen and Wendy to go at each other and they just made out. Yeah, it was great. It, it was, was like very refreshing. I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Candace and Andy talking to her about her Twitter and how she has to practice restraint on Twitter. Oh my God. And Andy was like, maybe you should quarantine from Twitter for a while. Okay. I will say I find Candace genuinely entertaining. Mm -hmm. I think that she is a great cast member, mm -hmm. but she just makes it really hard to like her. Yeah, we could like her, but she makes it hard. So she and Ashley are talking. The thing I notice is that Candace is making a lot of side comments about Monique. She's looking mm -hmm. straight at Monique. She's talking about Monique. And Monique does not come for Candace. Like, yeah. Candace makes comments and Monique just, well, not yet. Yeah, it might come. Yeah. But I believe that in that binder of stuff, I do not believe that Monique has a ton against Candace. That's my big issue with Monique is that on stage, whenever Candace was saying stuff, like, Candace, look, everybody looked like they're having a great time. Everybody looked like they're friends. Monique looked sad and lonely on stage. Mm -hmm. It felt like her coming for Giselle was like a tantrum because you're not getting the attention that you've been waiting she to get. She was hitting from way below. She yes. was hitting below the belt because she was way below the belt. She was like desperately hitting because she was like, okay, I'm going to take you down. I'm going to take you down. And, you know, she said that on Watch What Happens Live. She went after Candace because she was like, if I'm going to be fired, I might as well finish the bit. Right? So she said, yeah. so she has no remorse. She knows what she's doing. She thinks she's justified because she thinks they were all conspiring to get her off the show. And they were making up rumors. And uh, what Giselle and Cherise and Robin are saying is that it wasn't her. It was her best friend, a girl named Gigi, who told everybody about what was happening. And the more she complains, it feels almost true. But whatever it is, yep. I think she's lashing out desperately. This has gone too far. And she doesn't know how to come back from it. She has has so much ego that yep. he cannot walk back from it. So I want to go back. Sorry, we keep going to Monique because she's the most exciting part of this mm -hmm. reunion. But there are other things I want to cover and then we can only talk about Monique. Okay. <laughs> they talk about um, Ashley and Candace fighting and during that part, <laughs> Ashley was like, 
oh, she said terrible things about my children. And yeah. Robin's like, what did she say about your child? She said, like, what? Like, your husband, your baby looks like your husband? She goes, yeah, that was a little rude, don't you think? Yeah, she's like, baby, Actually, Dean, baby Dean is insulted that he looks like a bald-headed, failed restaurateur. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Baby Dean is like, what? No one told me I look like him. Yeah. <laughs> He's so upset. But, like, yeah. what did you expect, Ashley? You made a baby with that man. Your baby looks like him. Yeah. Why is that rude for Candace to say that? It well, wasn't that rude. You know, that it was so ridiculous. Had, like, Candace and Ashley going at each other. Candace had some good one-liners that made me literally laugh out loud. It was like, yeah. the, the man you lay with is itching. Get tested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I will say, like, that's a big thing, right? Like, we can sit here and talk until we're blue in the face about the fact that Candace is terrible on Twitter. And Candace is mouthy and Candace is annoying and Candace doesn't take accountability. But Ashley's husband has repeatedly touched people without consent. Right. Like, why are we still allowing because this man to be on TV? Yeah, this argument is between Ashley and Candace, that's why. But if you had to bring Michael into it, Michael needs to go. Yeah. So that is unacceptable. But the fact that Ashley condones it and is okay with it makes her problematic. And yes. That is what makes it hard for me to like Ashley. Yeah. Um, and then Candace going, being so below the belt and saying things that are so nasty for no reason. If Candace didn't say a word, everybody would be on Candace. That's the thing. Candace he, makes it. it it's like Candace has to do nothing. Exactly. Oh, you said it exactly. Candace doesn't have to do a damn thing. And I, we would be on her side. She had All she had to do was sit back and talk about how hurt she was, how she had concussions or something of that sort, and just say, I'm not going to talk to her anymore and just play the victim. She could not do that. She had to come out swinging, and she's swinging from afar. She doesn't swing quite when she's near. She swings from afar from, you know, on Twitter, and she goes so nasty that you don't want, you're like, what are you saying? That's horrible. If she had it's to a disaster. Catch her mouth, she would be the heroine right now. Yes, she would be on absolutely. Top of everything. She would. And you know what? Let me tell you something. I really like her song. I do. <laughs> yes. Okay. A go go beat always makes it everything awesome. No, because if you put a go go beat on coffee and love or whatever that bullshit song is, I bet is, that would be not awesome. be better. No, no. That song is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> she says Ashley and Mickey Darby forever in that song. I'm like, you know what? No, Ashley. You love this man who touches butts without consent so much that you wrote him a goddamn song and performed it multiple times and still stand by it. Like, yeah. it's insane. Let's forget the fact that you had two babies. You wrote a whole ass song about him. Right. And you made a music video. <laughs> it's a lie. There was another thing that Candace said that got me laughing was Ashley was interrupting her answering Andy. And she said, <laughs> you butted your forehead into my question. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Yeah, but it's also a very like unaware moment because Candace has a big ass forehead. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you a big forehead. ass forehead. So the other thing I want to touch on before we really dive into this Karen Giselle Monique takedown is colorism. So yeah. okay, I read a lot a lot about this online and I gotta mm -hmm. say. I don't disagree with Wendy. She's not wrong. And everybody's like, oh, she's so smart. She couldn't even come up with another word for aggressive. But that's not the word that she was trying to say. She wasn't saying replace the word aggressive with something else. Just yeah. say that what you're, the way that you're behaving isn't right. The way that you're behaving isn't correct. Yeah. yeah. For the other women to dismiss it and say, 
that this isn't an, a real issue was really fucked up. And I guess it's complicated, right? Because, and I don't want to speak out of turn because I'm I'm neither black nor am I mixed. But and you I'm do sure know colorism. But colorism, but colorism is real. Right. Colorism exists. It's so real. Like, we experience South Asians, man. It's an entire fucking culture just living thriving off of colorism. yeah 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 so i am a south indian so i'm darker than north indian so when i was growing up i grew up in the north for a bit and there was another south indian girl in my class so we were the only two darker girls in the class everybody else looked like the bollywood housewife they were all either gujaratis or persian you know or punjabis and they look so much fairer, right? And there was a yeah. poem that my English teacher was reading and she talked about a fair lady or something like that. And somebody asked her, what does that mean, fair lady? She said, oh, fair like her, not fair like Arthi. <gasps> when that happened, I was such a dumb d- dodo. I was <laughs> in second grade or third grade, right? Oh my God. And I was such a dodo. It didn't even occur to me. I didn't. I It didn't even make any dent in me i was just like oh okay you mean that fair okay not the other fair okay i understand it and i just moved on the other south indian girl noticed it and she told her mother and my mother got to know and we my mother and her mother went to the school and they made a big deal about it my mom is asking did she do that and i'm like yeah but that's what she meant like fair and dark and i'm dark and it was like matter of fact to me but i didn't think of it as demeaning but the other girl knew what that meant, and she was the one who got offended more than I did. But, yeah. you know, that is something that happens all the time. You know, if you go into Indian matrimonials and dating yeah. websites, they're always looking for a fair girl. Um, yeah. The guy can be as dark as he wants to be. It doesn't matter. Colorism doesn't matter so much with guys, but with a girl, if you're dating, you want somebody fair. Mm -hmm. And it's also for, you know, all of our our skin creams in India have fairness. Fair and Lovely is a very Mm -hmm. famous skin uh, skin cream that people use, and it has hydrogen peroxide to sort of bleach your skin a little bit. So that has always been the case. And it comes from being treated like shit by the fair invaders who have been ruling over our land forever and being told that white skin or fair skin is better than dark skin. That happens within our family. I know cousins Mm -hmm. who've been told that I'm glad you married somebody fairer. The baby's not going to be as dark as you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got that because my husband is really fair skinned. Yeah. Um, I even hate that term. I yeah. hate that term, fair skin. But yeah. my husband is a lighter tan than I am. Yeah. You're all brown, by the way. We're all brown. The real white yes. people think of all of us as shit. <laughs> it's yeah. all, exactly. all brown. All exactly. Brown. We're all but, so my, my husband, he's a less brown than yeah. me. And when I got married, there were so many people that told my parents, like, oh, my God, I'm so glad. Like, look at this. Gora means white. Yeah. Oh, like, look at this gora that you you know your daughter married like your child her children are going to be so good looking the thing that they actually say when you have a kid who's fair skin is they say rang safe which literally uh. means their skin is clean or their color is clean rang means color and saf means clean rang safe yeah, like darker means you're dirtier you're dark you're means that you're dirty rang safe or if they say rang, they also say if your child is not as fair like for me yeah you know they would say which means that her color is 
less or lower yeah. and less than. That's how kids are even spoken about. So for me, I've got two kids. I've got two boys. To me, they're both little brown boys. Yeah. Okay, they're always going to be little brown boys because they're brown boys. That's what they are. But my younger one, Noah, he is a little less brown. He looks more <laughs> like his dad. And my older one, he looks more like me. But, you know, the interesting thing was that when my little one was like seven months old, my older one started to get chemo. Yeah. And so chemo changes your skin color. It makes you darker. Yeah. And I never noticed it. And I never cared because we never differentiate them. I mean, God knows the older one gets way more attention because of everything he's been through. But he said to us one day, Noah is peach and I'm chocolate. And everybody likes peach more than chocolate. Aww. And I was like, oh, I like I was like, it like broke my heart. And I was like, are you kidding me, kid? I was like, everybody's obsessed with you. Like, yeah. don't even say that. And now that he's six and a half, he'll say it. Because that was when he was three. Yeah. But now he's like way better about it. Like, yeah. I mean, he has a, got a deeper understanding about it. Mm -hmm. But it's just so interesting to me that kids at even such a young age can pick up on something like this. And maybe he was treated just slightly differently. Or maybe he heard a grandmother or an auntie or an uncle say auntie something once. Man. He may have heard it once, but that's where he picked up this thing about peaches better than brown. And so colorism, it expands, first of all, beyond just black people. It goes to all people. Latino culture has it. Middle Eastern culture has it. South Asian culture has it. Even Asians have it, right? Yeah. So it's all over. But at the core of it, what is the issue? The issue is that if you are darker, if you are closer to looking and being black, then you are not as good, then you are aggressive, then you are angry. And I understood Wendy's point. Yeah. I don't know why people got so mad at Wendy because I saw all the chatter on the internet before I saw the damn episode and I saw the episode and I was like, I don't think anything Wendy said is wrong. No, what and Wendy said was right. She's saying you could say the same things that you're trying to say. Say, don't come for me. You went a little nuts there. You didn't have to. Um, you didn't have to take it to the extreme like this because that's not what I was talking about. You know, what I meant was not disrespectful. So you didn't have to talk about your degrees. It could, you could talk about, hey, look, you lost your cool there. And you could yes. say it that way versus, you know, using certain words that in the bigger picture, in the current climate, it is not okay. To be using those words when you're trying so hard to change the perception of so many people about what um, what that means, and then the the word that I got more offended was ferocious. It was ferocious. Like, yeah, that was so much. It's so animalistic. It's it not, is. It's uh, it's not even aggressive is one thing, but ferocious was something. I was like, why would you say that, Ashley? You and it was so crazy. Understand. I think Robin and, and Giselle both at first were like, wait, we're good. we get told that we're aggressive all the time. Yeah. Robin immediately said, I understand what you're saying. And I think what she's trying to say is we just need to be more cognizant of the words that we use to describe other black women. It, ha it carries a lot more weight than yeah. we know. And rather than doing any of that, all Ashley did was just defend it and say, well, that's not what I meant. And what really pissed me off was you know that Monique believes that's true. Monique I, believes that that happens, that saying that a, a black woman is ferocious or aggressive is a lot more powerful. It carries a lot more weight than saying it to any other person. Okay, first Monique of all, is sitting there and she goes, ferocious? No, I don't think ferocious is a bad thing to say. What the fuck are you talking about, Monique? Right. Like, 
just because you don't like Wendy and you disagree with Wendy doesn't mean that you have to disagree with the point she's making because you know damn well that Monique agrees with that. Right. Andy started that conversation by talking about okay, this person asked a question about colorism and the minute he said that, that should have been your, uh, your warning. You say, well, I apologize. I didn't mean for it to become that way. I was talking about it purely from how you reacted, but it had nothing to do as a dog whistle and Bissell and I apologize for it. I'm very cognizant of it and I apologize that happened. It shouldn't have happened. That's all she had to say. That would have been so much more supportive than digging in and saying, no, that's because you were aggressive and it had nothing to do with your color. You were aggressive, so we called you aggressive. No, Wendy is saying that I feel it more than you do because you look closer to white. And you don't, even within our community, you don't experience some of the things that I do as a much more blacker human. Just like, you know, you cannot say I'm not racist because I have a black friend or a brown friend. You cannot say I don't think colorism exists because I haven't felt it. Or I don't believe that there's such a thing as colorism because I'm also black. Yes. You can't say that. Yeah. You can't say that just because you're brown that you don't believe in colorism. Right. It, I, I completely agree. Right before the reunion where this was discussed, Ashley posted this like long Instagram video about like people who are her fans coming for people that are anti Wendy or Candace and talking about how they look or the color of their skin. So Ashley's already posted about this being an issue and saying that it's wrong. She's like, you can disagree with them. You can talk about how shady they are, but there's never, I'm never ever going to agree with you when you talk about somebody's appearance and, and talk about them in those types of like inflammatory ways. What I didn't understand is that this was right before the reunion, but then at the reunion, Ashley acted like she didn't understand what the concept was. Was it before the reunion was recorded or before the reunion uh, was broadcast? It was before the actual reunion taping. Then she should. Which is so weird. She was aware of it. So she. Yeah, she's she aware watched. of it. But on TV, she doesn't want to. She wants to act like she's not aware of it. Yeah, and I think that's really fucked up. Right. That is terrible. Yeah. But you know what else is terrible? Yes. Monique. <laughs> yes. Here's the thoughts I have about Monique. <clears throat> right before they go into the takedown of Giselle, they cut for a break. And Monique talks to Ashley and she says, did you see that? Did you see Candace not taking any accountability yeah. for the th shit that she says? I can't be sitting here and listening to them sit there and talk and act like they have this fraudulent relationship Oh, you want to talk about rumors? Oh, I could talk about rumors. First of all, I don't know where that came from because nobody brought up anything. Like Monique is just sitting there and stewing. Nobody's yeah. even talking to her. And right. she's just sitting there and stewing. And Ashley, Ashley wasn't responding to her. She was like, uh-huh. Ashley was like, uh, I don't think that that's the direction that this is heading in. Yeah. And like Monique still just decided to be angry. And what I think is really interesting about Monique complaining that Candace hasn't taken accountability, which I agree, Candace does not take accountability, is that she's mad at the women for icing her out when mm. she chose to be violent. And that is insane to me. That feels really insane to me because she's mad at Giselle mm -hmm. for leading the group to ice her out, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like Bill brought this up before that Monique is like an anti-vaxxer that you cannot argue with because anti-vaxxers also will complain about their children being iced out or discriminated against mm -hmm. because they made a choice not to vaccinate their child. Like you made a choice to make your child a danger to other children. Mm -hmm. And now you're mad that nobody wants to play with your children. 
It's like the same thing. It's like, Monique, you made a choice to be violent to another person, and then you got iced out for it. And then you didn't take any responsibility. You acted like a snotty-ass bitch at that mediation or whatever that was. Right. And now you're bringing all this angry rumors energy with this binder when no one even mentioned anything about the rumor during the entire reunion at that point. The only person who did bring up anything was Giselle. She did it on camera. And now you've decided to come and bring all this, I need to keep my job with this binder. Well, you got all this time to put a binder together. How much do you think that binder cost? Is that where the $200,000 for the podcast <laughs> went? Like you're coming in and bringing all this intense energy to Giselle. You should have done this to Giselle. You should have done this to Giselle when she started to, when she came up to you and decided to plan a coming back party for Ashley. Instead yeah. of dragging your friend Instead of grabbing Candace by the wig and beating the shit out of her, right. you should have brought the same binder energy to Giselle. But you didn't, and now you look stupid. Right. And at the end of the day, I still don't know why she's mad at Candace. Candace didn't do anything to her. No. She just thought Candace was the one who was spreading the rumor that uh, Charisse. No, she, she was just, yeah, she was just mad that Candace was friends with Charisse. Yeah. That's it. If she had just laughed it off and said, that's funny. For you to say that we know where we stand i know where i stand with my husband go on with your story it doesn't make any difference which is exactly what giselle did which, which is, is exactly what giselle right, did right and which and, is what karen did too when things yeah. came and what uh, robin did and they moved on and she just couldn't let go that's the thing it's like i don't think that monique is cut out for this show mm -hmm. it's because monique she's not well okay you are so busy. It's like, you know, Ray also talked about this is that Monique like wants to be busy. She wants to be doing things. She wants to feel important. She wants to overcompensate and prove mm -hmm. herself to be somebody. It's like nobody's asking of this. Mm -hmm. All you need to just be do is be a normal human being. And look, if the rumors that she's saying were put out, I'll go ahead and say it. Those rumors are terrible. That's a terrible thing to be saying about somebody, right? Yeah. But the more you try to fight it with this type of insanity, this type of energy, mm -hmm. the more it seems like those rumors are probably true. Again, just like Candace, if Monique just shut up and said these were terrible rumors that Giselle and Candace put out and I am so hurt and I am devastated by them and she could have played it that way instead of coming mm -hmm. after them, she would have been on top. Yeah. She would have yeah. been. They just don't know when to stop the two of them. Agreed. Which is but why, you know, which is the beauty of this um, franchise is that I love and hate all of them. Absolutely. This is my completely, there's no data behind these percentages. But I feel like the reason I love Potomac is that all of the women are actually correct 70% of the time. And they're only wrong about 30% of the time. But they take that 30% that they're wrong and turn it into a hundred percent of who they are and defend <laughs> it so strongly uh -huh. that everybody ends up hating them yeah and that's why i love them because it's like you know karen talking about giselle's house you're not wrong it's hideous but karen you're trying too hard right i will say speaking of karen and giselle like when karen brings up this thing about jamal not really being her man and it just being a thing for the show all of the women cringe yeah did you notice that wendy yeah. robin they all yeah. cringe they're like oh so i do believe that there's truth to it but i think I that just, too i think it was all uh, hey you come on tv let's see how people receive you and then we'll see if we can rebuild yeah giselle's not gonna give up this job 
to go back to that loser. So she's like, you need to come into my life and see if you can hang. And yeah. he I, I do think that Giselle is going to be fine the next episode. I feel like this is all set up to look like Giselle really, you know, had her ass handed yeah. to her. No. And then she's going to come out swinging. That's yeah. what I love. I love this cast. Yeah, I think next next week, um, uh, Candace and Monique are going to go at each other. Chris apparently comes to defend Monique. He goes after Giselle and um, Robin. And according to Jamal, had to be held back from attacking mm. her, which is sad. But it, I feel like next episode, it's going to be going to be swinging back and forth between them. And having said that, we Ladam saying that the seventh baby is the new baby, allegedly. Mm-hmm. That woman that sent that information, she oh, was yeah. a pastor in Jamal somewhere. And according to Monique, she sent pictures of him in her bed and a whole bunch of Texases. 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 <laughs> So Jamal went online on Instagram yesterday. Oh he broke Sorry. the he broke Somebody the this man's phone. It was quite a quite a performance. So he comes on, the he had a blue binder and he said, What, you have binder? I have a he had like two tabs. Oh and he, I don't know what he had in it because he didn't quite move the pages. He just went back and forth on the same page. Oh but no. But he didn't quite look at it. And he says he was doing this Insta video because there were so many people who were overwhelmingly concerned that he hadn't responded. Nobody asked. <laughs> I no, was like, no. Uh, no. No, sir. None of us wanted to see you. No. He didn't want that. So then he goes, he would have responded to this. And he didn't because he was respecting Giselle's wishes. But now he cannot take it anymore. So he's going to talk. So oh, he okay. starts. He says that he's always been against reality TV. Mm. Because reality TV is not the best of who we are. Mm. And does not advance our maturity, progress, and our brilliance. And I said, wrong on all counts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I disagree with you, sir. It is not meant to advance maturity. It is not supposed to show that. We don't want to see progress, so that's fine. It is brilliant. So you're wrong there, too. Yes, you already lost me, sir. And he says he regrets of doing Real Housewives, and he's never, ever going to do it again. You're never going to see him. And I say, hallelujah. He ran away like Tamara Barney. Yeah. You're never going to see my face here ever again. I was like, bye, bitch. And then he says, you guys think that this was taken at real time, but it wasn't. This was taken in 2019. I was like, yeah, we Wild. know that. Yeah, we know we how know it that. works. It's not live. Like the yeah. video that you are posting right now, sir. And then like- he goes off, right? This is where he loses me even more. He starts talking about he never had a mistress. False. That okay. is why your marriage broke. You did have yep. a mistress. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. So he says that all the women that he had relationships with, he was single, so it doesn't count. Oh, chocolate. No, it, that does count. He says the woman that wrote that all those emails has never been in ATL and she would text him from his installation. I was like, what does that mean, installation? The solar panels? I don't know. 
And then he says, show all the text messages. You're going to show text messages, show all of it. I'm like, why are there even text messages to show in the first place, sir? Yeah. Why are you even talking? Oh, she didn't get a job. I hired three other women. She didn't get a job, so she's bitter. I'm like, why are you still texting with her? The woman apparently wrote to him and said, oh, you hired a young woman, so you must be sleeping with him. This is what he said. This is not what Monique said. He said that the woman wrote to him and said, you hired a young woman, so you must be sleeping with her. Why would she think that, Jamal, unless you were sleeping with her before that? Exactly. It's just so crazy because it's like, no one asked for this, okay? And I'm sure that the reason why Giselle told you not to talk about it is because she knew that you were just going to fuck it up with your stupidity, which is obviously what you're doing right now. He talks about it in such a preachy soft voice and he uses all these big big words he's like i don't want to bring my emotionality into it i'm like there's no reason to go all that way just so you don't want to be emotional that's fine then at the very end he starts saying that chris has cte oh yeah yeah that i said he's saying this because he wants to just talk about how chris samuels is an aggressive man and his reason for chris samuels being an aggressive man is because he's a former football player and he has some sort of brain injury which is again a really shitty thing to say it's not out of the realm of possibility but it's also an extremely shitty thing to say which is on brand with jamal bryant who is a shitty human being yeah and he's like i am i'm called to empower not to entertain so i'm not gonna do that anymore so then why are you doing this sir nobody asked for it like get off get off my tv first of all as far as i'm concerned he's not a castmate he's a piece of shit i like giselle and even if Giselle did hire him or convince him to be her boyfriend on TV, Giselle was on record even on the show before and on Watch What Happens Live talking about how she and Jamal are friends. Like she's always talked about it, that they're, they've always maintained a good friendship despite right. their marriage falling apart. So whatever their relationship is, whether he's her man, whether she's getting his D or not, whatever it is, she in some way, shape or form, Yes, obviously she's lying and she might be a snake, but like there's no reason why we need to be talking about Jamal Bryant if Jamal Bryant is not even on the TV show. He can even come to the reunion. He's such a waste of time. The only reason he's going on Instagram to talk about it is because he didn't get the chance to defend himself at the reunion. It's like, well, if you wanted to defend yourself at the reunion, you should have actually shown up to the reunion. But you don't have the gall to do that, so you can shut the fuck up and have a seat. Right. This is all information that's already on social media, so it's not like anything Monique is even saying. It's like, I don't consider it that saucy. Mm-hmm. It's like the way the method in which she delivers it for sure, very fun, excellent television. But I don't think it necessarily is this like great takedown as Giselle. And on the topic of Monique, I do want to talk about the fact that like Monique is online saying a lot of really shitty anti mask stuff. And I think it's really important to talk about like the way that we are perceiving these people on Bravo because. Yes, the truth is that everybody on Bravo is generally a piece of shit. Except for the cast of, uh, except for Heather and Whitney from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, they're amazing. But everybody else is generally shit, right? But there there is a passion with which people will defend Monique and say, I can separate her shitty views and her shitty beliefs from the person she is on TV because she's entertaining on TV, but they won't do it for Kelly Dodd. I wish that there would be somebody who could explain that to me. 
why are we mad at Kelly saying all this anti-mask shit when Monique is also on social media peddling QAnon yeah. conspiracy theories? Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand that either. I mean, I have been guilty of it myself where I find Monique to be entertaining, but I don't find her, um, Kelly entertaining. But that was only because of what happened this season. Other than that, other than what she did with Candace, if that ha that fight hadn't happened, there was nothing in Monique's storyline. Do you realize that? There was nothing yeah. that was interesting. She was doing the same stupid, not related. Um, I'm so busy all the time. I'm so yeah, busy. All the yeah, time. she had nothing going on. This just gave her a storyline that she didn't have. Otherwise, we didn't even need Monique on the show. So I, I totally think that she shouldn't be on this show. It's not healthy for her. The other thing is, I suspect, like deep inside, I feel like Monique has some mental issues. Whereas with Kelly, I don't think it's a mental issue. It is just willfulness. That is the underlying thing that I am doing to justify that, but not that really. I still don't quite understand why. So I want to believe that. I want to believe that Monique is coming from a place of like reacting in a certain way because like of trauma. Because yeah. of, no, I don't think it's ignorance. I think she's reacting from a place of like trauma and distrust right like there's a lot of people who are minorities who do not trust the government for yeah. good reason because the government hasn't necessarily been good to minorities yeah but i also believe that kelly dodd is coming from a place of just arrogance and like disdain for rules like there's a difference between coming yeah. from a place of like not wanting to believe, not wanting to believe mainstream news because you don't trust it because the government's been bad to brown people versus just being an asshole. Like Kelly is just an asshole. I will say that is the only thing that I can think of that would be the reason why people would still support Monique. But I don't support Monique because yeah. I'm so passionately pro-science yeah. that I just cannot stand by a person like Monique. It's kind of like Ramona, right? Like Ramona is still out there doing her super spreader events. Yeah. But in her mind, in her little Ramona mind, she seems to have done the things to protect herself in whatever way. Like yeah. she thinks that she's, she's, I guess, I don't know. She's not as like arrogant about it, I guess. And like even with her all lives matter because you know ramona thinks all yeah. lives matter yeah she's not flashing it the way that a kelly dodd does she's and not attacking people who disagree she's not attacking people yeah yeah exactly yeah. the other thing is monique i feel is not as educated but kelly dodd did go to college and she is educated and she's surrounded by people who are technically educated and she's willfully attacking people calling them sheep calling them this uh, and Monique is doing the same thing, but I feel like it comes out of like complete ignorance of understanding of how viruses work or how health works. I don't think it's ignorance because she's smart enough to put together a fucking binder of receipts. Okay, she's she's smart enough to know how to navigate her way around trying to get her job back from Bravo. Like, I don't think that it comes from a place of stupidity. I think it comes from a place of like ego, of thinking that you know better than you do. Like, she's a know-it-all. Monique yeah. is a know-it-all. 
and she she has a huge ego massive a, ego massive ego. and so sure. yeah so anyway they're all they're all shit they're, they're all, all shit Candace tried to come for Portia because Portia was asked about Monique and she said she defended Monique because she and Monique are friends. And Candace was like, you know how somebody was raised without scruples and without manners. If you're going to defend like people who are raised similarly, I guess, stick together. Basically saying that Monique and Portia are both, you know, as Candace puts it, they're just, you know, hood rats. Uh, And I was like, you are not going to come from Portia. You're not coming for Portia Luther King. Not not this year. Not this year. Leave leave our queen alone. Yeah. So Atlanta was, it was a fun episode. I just remembered how much I just love every scene of Atlanta. Like I'm always, I'm always interested in what's happening in Atlanta because they're all just so funny and they're all just entertaining. Portia gets released from prison and she talks a little bit about like doing what she's doing for her daughter. Candy's daughter, Riley, graduates from high school. Kenya decides to file a full custody for her child. And we meet the latest housewife, Drew Sedora. And the most amazing thing about Drew Sedora's first episode is that this bitch came out swinging. Okay, she brought a bum leg. She brought a rocky marriage and a bum husband. Yes. Her, an overbearing (laughs) mother. She brought an overbearing mother. She brought a fading career. She brought all of the things that you need to make a great housewife, like former actress, shitty husband, bunch of cute kids, overbearing mother who is like definitely who's a pastor who's trying yes, to get a pastor. <laughs> I was like, this is great. So I want to talk very briefly about her husband. Her husband Ralph. First met Ralph. I thought, oh, Ralph is great. Ralph yeah. just seems like an adorable person. He works in IT. I appreciate that. I work in IT. <laughs> And then we find out, oh, well, sometimes Ralph and Drew, their marriage is sometimes on and off because they get into fights. I say, oh, how how bad could this be? How bad could this be? And then we find out Ralph up and during in the midst of a pandemic decided to up and leave and drive to Tampa, Florida from Atlanta to be near the beach for three days and did not tell her where he went. And then when she called him out on it, he tried to gaslight her into being like, oh, our marriage would be so better if you would just drop all this shit. It's the most fucked up but, thing I've ever seen. And I have to say that I feel like Drew did this because she was like, I want to get a divorce, but I don't just want to get a divorce. Um, I want to make this bitch cry and look like an I, asshole on TV. Hold on. This just occurred something. So I'm going to briefly go to Potomac. But what if this is a conspiracy theory? What yes, if Giselle it. just did this so she could publicly dump Jamal? Oh, what if Giselle knew this was all going to come out and she just wanted to make him feel the pain? That would be awesome. But okay, go ahead. But this is not only that, not only does he disappear, but he keeps tabs on them with the cameras in the house. But she doesn't have any camera on him. So she has no tabs on him. Disgusting disgusting and i i didn't know if she didn't know that she had cameras because somebody said oh she doesn't know that she had camera he had cameras installed and she didn't know that's creepy i don't think that she was saying that she didn't know she was saying that you had the camera so you could see us but we didn't know where you were yeah that's i had no idea where you were i think the other thing is she didn't know where the cameras were like she knew that there were cameras in the house yeah but i don't think she was aware of where the cameras were placed which is also very very creepy that is very creepy i was like oh no you're not doing so great for us it professionals right now sir now where are your cameras noah where have you put them well if anybody would like to break into my house my cameras are in my basement 
and outside of our home. I did I, not expect you to have an answer to that question, okay? No, but yeah, yeah, of course by the way, I did not expect you to say, yes, this is where my camera is. We have a security system. No, we have it in the basement. I have a security system, but it's for the doors and the chimes. I didn't expect cameras, okay? Yeah, well, we have it in the basement because okay. whenever kids come over and stuff, I'd rather just not be hanging out with them in the basement. What we'll do is like the adults will be hanging out upstairs in the kitchen, whatever, hanging out. And we'll just throw the iPad on and the iPad will have the camera for the basement. So then that way everybody's like, I understand why. I just didn't expect you to say, yeah, this is worth the camera. (laughs) But this girl, yeah, I think think that's a great theory. I think it's a great theory about Giselle and it's a great theory about Drew is like, they're definitely just trying to be like, I'm going to drag these men on TV. Oh, yeah. And then I'm going to drag them through the mud yeah. because they're oh, he, Yeah, I hope he's gone. I don't want to see him again. Yeah. Well, let me tell you what I don't want. I don't want multiple seasons of Will Drew and Ralph make it. Like, I want after yes. the, at the end of this, I want it to be that Drew and Ralph divorced because yes. Ralph is a piece of shit. Like, that's all I want. Yeah. Or I- at most, that Drew and Ralph are trying to make it happen and then ralph goes to the reunion gets dragged there and then because like we saw this between portia and her first husband right and we saw like how problematic their relationship was and then the fact that he didn't come to the reunion she even very like passionately talks about how much she loves her husband but he just like wasn't ready to come to the show yeah and then like a few days later he files for divorce against her it was like horrible but yeah i hope that he gets dragged because he seems like an asshole and also ralph ralph is a dumbass name ralph is a dumbass name cordell too i guess cordell that's his name (laughs) cordell cordell is also a dumbass name you're right you're right yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, but it's like i I don't want to see them go to therapy i don't want to see any of i I don't want that storyline Oh, let's just move on. There's no yeah. Let's move on to Salt Lake City. Yeah, where we have a series of parties. Oh, you don't want to talk about Latoya? Oh yeah, we also had Latoya. We had Latoya, who I just want to point out is Baby Sheena. She reminded me so much of Sheena Shea. (laughs) She brought a lot of Sheena Shea energy to the show. That's it. Was crazy, and I loved um, Kenya being messy. She doesn't want to be messy herself, so she's brought Latoya. Lotea is going to be her tool to get the, get messy with. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Kenya in this mid, ep, uh, you know, mid seasons where she's between men is awesome. Yes, I love that. Yeah. Okay. Salt Lake City? Yes. So Salt Lake City, we have a series of parties in Salt Lake City um, because of Sundance. And with, in the midst of that, one of the big things that we I want to talk about is Heather is struggling to date in Utah. I just fucking love her. Can I just say that? Yeah. I love her so much. She talks about getting divorced and feeling like she didn't have the opportunity to, like, explore what's out there. Right. (laughs) She says in the confessional, she goes, I'm looking for sex. I am not looking for love. And then she goes, that sounded really vulgar. Can we delete that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was a long pause and she said that and she, you could tell that she was regretting saying it already. <laughs> she is, I identify with her so much. So much. It, she is so cool. And, you know, she's right. She got married early and her husband was her only boyfriend. She never experienced 
anything a life without him and then she was divorced and now she had to figure all of that out so I can imagine what she's went through I love her too she's so level-headed she's so on point she loves her food she loves her men she loves her party she just is so much fun she goes to the bar with Whitney and she's like so strange to have a bar drink because <laughs> Because they give it to you so dilute. They don't. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up real quick because you actually pointed this out when I was complaining about Lisa, complaining about Whitney, complaining right. about Lisa's bartenders. Right. You were like, well, I think in, in Utah, they have a lot of laws about how liquor is served. And maybe the way that they were serving liquor would have yes. made Lisa lose her, lose her license. And Arthi, Arthi, yes, the legal expert on the podcast, <laughs> our legal intern, our internal uh, in-house counsel. Yeah. You're correct. You were right. I guess there is these laws in Utah that keep you from. They are. Like, I guess I can go and start drinking in in Utah because it's like barely alcohol. Yeah, I was like, uh, as I'm getting older, I probably should ask for a Utah drink and not yeah, Utah you pour and not in like a more. <laughs> yeah, not in, not in the not, I can hear. I can barely drink now. I drink one drink and I'm like, how did I ever drink before? I can no longer <laughs> do it anymore. And now I'm like, I should probably ask for a Utah drink. That was the only time I actually paid attention to Lisa. After that, it was like, even this one, she's like, I'm, yeah. I'm like the queen of Sundance and I'm not picking up the phone. And like, I was like, okay, what? Nobody cares. Nobody's impressed by Lisa. Like the whole episode, I was like, okay, I thought this was going to be like her moment to shine. Yeah. And I was like, we got more of Meredith's son, Brooke, than we yeah. did of Lisa. Yes. it was, And her corny husband. Ugh. I was like, you guys seem really dull and you're trying too hard. And I want you yeah. the fuck away from me. Yeah. You know who isn't dull? Mary. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about Mary for a second. Oh. We see Mary at home. Yeah. And we meet Charlinda. Who is Mary's housekeeper slash cousin? Okay, she says to she said, Charlinda is my grandmother's brother's, brother's daughter. daughter. So aunt. she is her, yeah, she is, well, exactly. In right. our, for us, we'd call it aunt. Uh, she's yeah, her, it's her mom's uncle's daughter. So it's her mom's cousin. Yeah. I don't know why you would go that many ways. Just say she's my cousin. Yeah. Why you gotta go explain all these things? She's but, my mom's cousin. But did she get Charlinda also as part of the marriage in the church? I don't understand. Like she It was very confusing because she said a couple of days after I had Robert, she came over and she just fell in love. And then she never left. And I was like, which Robert did she fall in love? I know. <laughs> but also that she stayed and she... But she doesn't know what she does outside of serving It was her. so weird. And she was, was like... like I don't know. She's her. like, we're not close at all. She's just my servant. Yeah, it was <laughs> and, and, and weirdly unnecessary. There was no need to say all that. There was no, no need. need. She could have just said, that. she could have said, she's family. She's, yeah, she even said, she said, she's my grandmother's brother's daughter, but we're not close at all. I don't know what she does outside of whatever she helps me with. I guess she's more like family. What? What? Yeah. That didn't make no sense. Also, she's like two seconds away from hoarders. Yeah. She had so much shit. She on her dresser. She had a sequin mannequin head with like a hat and sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "You're a creepy lady." She is. She doesn't know. She's new money. She doesn't know how to spend her money. She spends on expensive things that don't even look good on her. She's awkward. Whatever brainwashing she went through, 
with her grandmother, it's coming through. She just, I feel like she's, I feel at times I feel sad. I feel some, at times I find it funny, but at most of the time I'm like, she shouldn't be on this show. This is not good. This doesn't yeah. make me feel good. It's like having Katie on um, on Potomac. She was clearly had mental issues and to watch her on the show was not good. I don't want to make fun of this person because this person is sad. So I wanted to believe that she has like some sort of psychological issue, but I don't think that she does because she's also a bitch. Like, so when she goes and I talks to Jen. I think that's part and parcel of it. She comes off as a bitch because that's how she, she's so spoiled in her. Don't make me feel bad for Mary. I, I'm not making you feel bad. I'm saying that she is psychologically, she's skewed and she's spoiled and she lashes out now whatever happened to her broke her broke her and now this is the per- mary we have the crazy person who can be pretty bad and i don't want to watch her yeah i guess i will say it's really funny to me that mary walks into parties and she always has her phone hanging around her neck like a necklace <laughs> and she had a she had a cross party Bag. She had a crossbody bag, and then she also had her phone hanging around her neck like a, like a necklace. And I was like, you're, you're geriatric as fuck. Right. Like, I don't know. How old is she? How old is Mary Carson? I don't know. But she's also, she wears those gloves to cover her arms. She wears, like, really thick stockings. She's You very- know why I feel like she wears, Um, by the way, I realize why she wears gloves. Ooh. Because she's covering her knuckles. Colorism. Yep, because she wants to be fair, a fair-skinned yeah. black person. Yeah. Wait, how old is she? Mary M. Cosby age. She cannot be that old. She's been married to that guy for 20 years, and she married when he was eight. In She was 19 or 20. She's 48. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. But she dresses like she's 20. She dresses like she's but going the- prom on crack in, like, 1987. Like, correct. She's, she's, like, she's, she's, eight, she's 16 in 1987. Like she's stunted. Like she's emotionally stunted at that age. I think so. I think she's stunted and she's stuck in a particular age that makes her immature and spoiled because she can she gets spoiled by her grandfather husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so speaking of grandfather husband, she and Jen talk and she's really awkward about it. And then Mary denies saying anything terrible to Jen at the luncheon. And then Jen straight up denies calling Mary a grandfather motherfucker. (laughs) Which, by the way, she didn't. She didn't call her a grandfather motherfucker. She called her. She said, "You fuck Mary, who fucks her grandpa." And and it was just so funny that Jen was like, "I mean, I may have said it to somebody else, but I know I didn't say it to Mary because I didn't talk to Mary." We had a we had a cameo from Lala and Katie from VPR. Oh, I was glad it was pretty short. Yeah, I was like, why are they giving anybody advice yeah. about yeah. relationships? Yeah. Please, Heather, please, no, abort. Like, do not yeah. go and get advice from these two. Yeah. I also want to note that, like, Whitney and the party bus, like, Whitney is my age. And they're like, oh, this is why Justin loved Whitney because she's younger than him. She's got more energy than him. She brings the fun. And I was like, I'm younger than Whitney. And just watching the party bus, I was like, this is exhausting. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, if I was to go to a party like that, I was I would go on the party bus, and then I'd be like, okay, you can drive this party bus back to my house because right. I'm tired. I would be going back with the bus. Just drop them exactly. all off, and I'm going exactly. back to the bus. 
Yes. No, so I think I think uh, I think she's a high energy person in general. Yeah, yeah, it's great stuff. Yeah, what a week for Bravo! It was it was an awesome week. That's it for our Bravo recap this week, and yeah. then look out for our episode on Fabulous Wives of Bollywood Wives. Bye. Bye.